Welcome to another Tyrius Cast. I'm Jim McGregor. And I'm Kevin Creeball. And today we're going to talk about the semiconductor technology and what's driving semiconductor technology. The driving force in semiconductor technology has changed over the history of the market. Over the past 40, 50 years, it's been driven by different parts of the market. For the most part, or for the longest time, it was driven by the personal computer. Everything was focused on performance and for the, for the PC as it continued to increase in terms of functionality and capabilities. However, about 12 years ago, that switched to the smartphone, where the entire industry basically did a 180 and said, okay, everything depends on the smartphone, Turn, depends on power consumption, depends on form factor. So that's kind of where we are today. But with the smartphone market topping out and kind of maturing, the question is, what's going to drive semiconductor technology or what markets are going to drive semiconductor technology going forward? My colleague, Kevin Crewell, just came back from Semicon West, one of the major trade shows for semiconductor technology. So, Kevin, what did you see there? Yeah, Jim, uh, it was an interesting show. The Semicon West program focused heavily on the applications that are driving the future of semiconductor consumption. Those were AI, autonomous vehicles, digital health. I didn't mention IoT as much, but there was certainly a bunch of IoT in there as well. Whereas IoT does drive a lot of volume, it doesn't drive necessarily the leading edge of technology, whereas autonomous driving and also AI will probably be on the leading edge of semiconductor technology. Recently, the growth in the last two years, the growth of semiconductor business has been in a double-digit rate to the point where there's an expectation within two more years, in the 2020, we may be approaching half a trillion dollar industry for the semiconductors uh, business. So that's a double-digit growth per year. So it's an aggressive growth strategy. That's interesting, yeah. And that kind of mimics what we've seen with a lot of the economic predictions, saying that we're not going to see a downturn until 2020. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, uh, trade wars and other world events could impact that, but we're not quite sure how that's going to play out. By the way, trade wars is going to be a whole other curious cast for us coming up here shortly as well. So with that forecast, you know, that also assumes that the technology is going to be there. And part of the technology has been driven by Moore's Law for the past 40 years. You know, first it was we're doubling transistors every 18 months. Then we're doubling transistors every 24 months. And a critical part here is that we're doing it economically. So it's still making cost-effective devices. People forget that Moore's Law is primarily an economics law. However, that's really started to slow down, and companies, especially leading companies like Intel, have struggled to keep that pace, as we've seen. And Gordon Moore himself has actually predicted the end of his law three times that I know of. This time, he might actually be right. So (laughs) we've had three major pillars of innovation driving semiconductor technology, and that's been lithography, materials, and transistor design. And we've done major things in all three of those over the the past decade. But lithography seems to be the holdup, you know, actually being able to make design constructs that are smaller and smaller. We're stuck at 193 nanometer wavelengths with current technology, and EUV has kind of struggled. It's been costly and difficult to get into a manufacturing environment. So what are we seeing in terms of technology that's going to continue to allow us to evolve And is there something on the horizon that's going to take us on a revolutionary path? Well, in terms of the technology today, 
We have a multi-patterning where they use multiple passes through this lithography using slightly different masks to infer a more detailed picture. So using some diffusion and differentiation of these masks. Right now, a lot of uh, the technologies is double patterning. We're going to go to triple and quadruple patterning, which has an economic impact. That means that the transistors we're building are much more expensive. And even though there's geometric shrinks to the transistors going forward in 7 nanometer and beyond, the multiple steps, these multi-patterning steps, increases the costs to make those transistors. So the economics of Moore's Law has definitely slowed, and that's probably actually reversed a bit. So that's the challenge. What's happened in the semiconductor business is there is more innovation. There are applications using uh, a fully depleted SOI to give uh, performance improvements, but without necessarily the shrinks that you would expect in finer geometries. So you can get lower power, you can get some better performance using other technologies like a fully depleted SOI, but you don't necessarily get the smaller transistors. So again, this goes back to economics. The economics of Moore's Law does seem to have uh, come to a halt, but the performance of transistors are still getting better and reducing power consumption, which is critical, is also going down. So two out of three ain't bad, I guess, if, <laughs> if you want to call uh, from uh, from that perspective. The materials does make an impact. I think one of the problems Intel has had getting its 10 nanometer process node out the door probably isn't lithography. It's more likely the materials issues that they're running into. And, and this is one of those areas where so many innovations are being applied to each new process node that occasionally, if you make a wrong bet on a particular aspect at a particular material, or a particular process, you could have a, a major impact to your roadmap. And this is, I think, what we're seeing at Intel. The change, though, that could happen going forward is, as transistor costs are getting higher and higher is that people are looking at very different, more revolutionary styles of, of processing. And those may evolve things like quantum computing, neuromorphic computing, turn of analog computing. So there are there is definitely some potentially revolutionary changes afoot. Well, and it seems like packaging is now becoming that fourth pillar as well, where we're leveraging packaging technology to go from what we used to do, millimeters squared, to millimeters cubed. Yes. There's some interesting technology going on in packaging. In addition, as we move forward of building these SOCs, there is the option to break up the SOC into intermediate components that may not need the same process node. Also, if you want to put a lot of memory into a chip, instead of incorporating the memory directly into the chip, maybe you stack the memory on top of the chip and use through-hole vias to build a 3D chip using memory as a separate uh, layer. So there's lots of very interesting stuff going on in packaging. The need for high bandwidth memories for AI and graphics have led to volume production of 2.5D chips we're moving ahead on packaging and moving on ahead on these types of unique solutions. They're not perfect yet. Testing of known good dye is a requirement that when you put these chips together that you know they're working. And then you have to make sure that in the process of stacking dye or putting multiple dye in a package, that process itself doesn't lead to lower yields. So it's a challenge still to build these 
multi-chip stack die solutions. So I guess the result is that Moore's Law isn't necessarily ending, but it's changing. And it's changing around all these different technologies that are being incorporated into manufacturing. So I guess the summary here is that, you know, we still have a robust outlook for semiconductors for the next couple of years based on the WSTS and other forecasts that are available, including Tirius Research. It's changing to where new markets are driving that. You know, things like AI, digital health, autonomous vehicles. And the technology is changing along with it. It's not necessarily getting any easier, but it is changing. Any other thoughts, Kevin? Just that uh, so far, unless there's some major disruption like a trade war, the forecast for semiconductors is double-digit growth. And that's a, uh, a very positive for the industry. The other interesting impact, and we're going to talk about this in another podcast, is that there's a growing uh, acquisition strategy in the semiconductor business where some of the more smaller players or mid-sized players are being uh, gobbled up by some of the more aggressive, larger players. So the industry is consolidating. At the same time, there are a bunch of new semiconductor startups, mostly in AI, but the semiconductor company pipeline is not dead. Well, thank you for joining Tirius Research on this latest Tirius cast. I'm Jim McGregor. You can find me on social media at Tech Strategist. That's T-E-K Strategist on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm Kevin Crewell. You can find me at Crewell, K-R-E-W-E-L-L on Twitter, and Kevin Crewell on LinkedIn. And as always, we have Tirius Research on both Twitter, Facebook, and some of the other social media sites. And you can find our latest podcasts both on SoundCloud and with links to our latest articles and podcasts and video blogs on our website. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. <music>